Hey, welcome to our series we're starting this week called Unshakable Future. Thanks for joining us on our online campus, no matter where you are, if you're at home or on your lunch break or in your car. Uh, we're just so glad that you took the time to be a part of really what God's doing uh, in and through Valley Christian Church. Let me give you a little behind the scenes of like where we're going in this series. This whole series is all talking about the fact that we have life, there is life after this life on earth, what we taste, what we touch, what we feel, what we smell. And as believers in Jesus Christ, it's really important to understand what's up ahead. And so today we're going to be talking about life after death. Next week we're going to dive deep into the topic of heaven. What does the Bible say about heaven? And then two weeks from now we're going to talk about hell. Is hell a literal place? You know, is it playing cards with your buddies, you know, and rock music? What what is a Bible say hell really is, why did God create it, and who's going to be there, and, and then week number four, take us right up into Thanksgiving weekend, and we're going to talk about the return of Jesus Christ and what that's going to look like and some signs uh, of the time, so that's where we're headed in this series, Unshakable Future, and uh, we're really just, again, diving deep into what the Bible has to say on the topic, because here's the reality, um, when you die, you don't really die. When you die, when I die, when anyone dies, they don't really die. Their soul actually goes on forever and ever. Our physical bodies die. They cease to function. But the real you, your soul, will never die. It's an eternal thing from the moment of conception for all time. And so let's look at what the Bible actually says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, and this is in your notes on our website, valleyny.cc. I think you're going to want to follow along, maybe take some additional notes and mail it back to yourself, email it so you have it to look back on in the future. It says, for we know that when this earthly tent, now the Apostle Paul here is being inspired by the Holy Spirit, these are God's words, and, and he's using a metaphor, this whole idea of a tent is a metaphor for our bodies. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies. Anybody say amen to that? We grow weary in our present bodies. And we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. You know, get worn out the older we get. For we will put on our heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. We're going to have a, a different kind of a body. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. Ah, we really do. We get, you know, oh, we get up in the morning and it seems like we injured ourselves while we're sleeping in a nice cushiony bed the older that we get. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. And he continues on here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, drop down another verse, and it says, So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. It's because we're in these physical bodies that we're not really in the presence of Jesus the way that we want to as believers in Jesus Christ because we love our Savior and Lord. And then he goes on in verse 8 and says, Yes, we're fully confident that we would rather be a 
away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord when we shed these bodies. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, here's our goal. Our goal is to make a lot of money. No, that's not it at all. Our goal is to be YouTube famous. Nope, that's not supposed to be the goal of any Christian. Our goal is to have a record number of likes on our last post. That's not it. See, it's so easy if we don't keep eternity in mind that we lose sight of what our goal as a Christian is supposed to be, what the Bible says our goal is supposed to be. What is it? Our goal is to please Him. That's supposed to be our perspective on life, is to please Jesus. For we must all stand before Christ and be judged. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Every one of us has to stand before Jesus and be judged. And we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil that we have done in our earthly bodies. So what you and I are doing right now in this life, while we're in these bodies, there's going to be an accounting for it when every one of us stands before Jesus one day. And so that's why we're taking four weeks and we're talking about it uh, in this unshakable future. Because when we understand the clear teachings of Scripture, what the Bible tells us, then we can prepare for it and we can live with the right perspective today that God wants every single one of us to have. And so that's what I want to really focus in on today is life after death. Because here's the big point. Whatever you believe about eternity determines how you live today. If you believe there is no eternity, well, it's all, you're going to be selfish, self-centered. It's all about me and mine all the time. You know, as the whole bumper sticker used to say, he who dies with the most toys wins. You know, that, that, that if you just think you're an accident, there's no plan or purpose, there's no creator, there's no afterlife, uh, that's going to determine a lot of the decisions that you're going to make, and they're probably going to be ones that you end up regretting over the long haul. But what you believe about eternity determines how you live today. And the reality is every single one of us in eternity is going to live one, or t- one of two places. Uh, what we do today, it, it's gonna be that we're either going to live in heaven with God or we're going to live in hell separated from God. And how we live today is what determines that. So in this kind of introductory message, but I think it's going to answer a lot of questions as well. Uh, We want to look at three things that happen after this life is done. Three things that happen, like if you want to think about 60 seconds after you die. What happens? What does the Bible say happens immediately after you and I die? Here's the first one. Our physical bodies die. Our soul doesn't die, but our physical bodies die. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 through 28, it says, And just as each person is destined to die once, and we looked at this just last week uh, in the finale of our series, Unshakable Faith, uh, when we were talking about the Lord's Supper, but it says, as, And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, we're going to get there in just a second, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many. Of many people, and he will come again, not to deal with us, uh, de- not to deal with our sins, but bring salvation to all who eagerly are awaiting for him. And, and so, studies are conclusive. I did a lot of research uh, for this message, uh, and here it is: amazing statistic: one out of every one person dies. 
Every single person does. One, even Jesus died. He rose again, but even Jesus died. One out of every, it's a, it's a shocking statistic. I, I know we don't like to think about it. You, you know, whenever I start talking about, you, you know, if I die and, and, and Susie, you know, outlives me, and Susie's like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think about that. And, all, and most of the time we don't want to think about it. But the Bible says think about it. Think about it because what you believe about after you die really determines how you live in, in this life. And so uh, we come from dust and uh, we return to dust. That's really what happens. And, and in that moment, our physical bodies die. The second thing that happens, uh, the second thing, that would be the third thing I just did. The second thing that happens is our souls are separated from our physical bodies in that moment, in that moment of death. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus put it this way, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. In other words, Jesus is saying, you know, don't be worried about what humanity can do to you. trying to please humanity, and it says, you know, fear, you know, but really what it is is reverence. Be concerned about God. Have that eternal perspective. Live your life, this temporary, this blink of, of the span of a life on earth. Live it with eternity in mind, with God in mind, because then you'll end up in eternity right where you want to be, and it'll be a, this, this is a drop in the bucket. It's life on earth is just a grain of sand on the beach of eternity, and, and it will be incredible if we live with eternity in mind. In other words, that moment when someone dies and, and their soul is separated from their physical body, the reality is you've never been more alive than that. They've never been more alive than that. Their soul continues to go on, and we're going to look at that in, in more detail. In, in fact, Jesus, uh, when, when his friend Lazarus had died, he uh, he. he Heard that he was sick, word was sent to him, and it's very interesting that, that uh, Lazarus' sisters sent word to Jesus and said, please come, we know you can heal him, and, and the Bible says he waited. He waited several days before he began to go, a- and didn't seem like he was in a hurry at all. A- and then, it's kind of funny how uh, he, he gets there, and Mary and Martha are are crying and and their hearts broken they're 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 grieving and then uh he he says to one of the sisters jesus said to her in john 11 i am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die and then he goes do you believe this In, in other words he's like Death on earth is not the end of a person. That's when real life begins. That's when eternity begins. And he really asks her, he goes, do you believe this? And, and then he actually goes up, they roll the stone, move it away, and it's pretty interesting how, you know, the Bible, King James, old King James, pristine and, and so poetic, uh, it, it describes Lazarus and says, he stinketh. He smelleth. 
you, you know, he stank is basically what they're saying. He'd already, the body had been decomposing already just in a shorter matter, matter of time, just a few days. But the reality is Lazarus went on and, and Jesus called him back and he came back into his body. And so that's what happens. Our souls, uh, when, our, when our physical bodies die, our souls continue on and, and there is no death for the human soul. And there's a, there's a lot that's not clear about eternity in, in the Bible. We don't know everything. Uh, we do know that there's going to be, we, we receive some sort of glorified body. Our soul will, will receive a glorified body. But the Bible makes it very, very clear. Uh, absent from the body is present with the Lord. So it's not, you, you don't join some kind of cosmic uh, being and, you know, you're, you're absorbed into the collective. That's not it at all. That, that there's still this idea that we can recognize one another, all those things, and it's real clear there's no temporary holding place either. The Bible doesn't talk about purgatory. There's no such thing in, in Scripture. But, but it says absent from the body is present with the Lord for a believer. In that moment, we see Jesus in that next moment in eternity. And think about it, the story of Jesus when he was on the cross. He, he hung there. He was nailed there between two thieves. And one of the thieves is just cursing him. And, and the other thief kind of stands up for Jesus, you know, uh, protects him. Like, you know, stop your nonsense. Don't, don't you even fear God at this point? Uh, and then he says to him in Luke chapter 23, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In other words, he, he's recognizing this is the king. This is the Christ. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's another word for heaven. You'll be with me in this, just a moment, you're going to die, but your soul's going to go on and we're going to be there together in a place, a different place in eternity. Paradise, Jesus refers to it in this place. And so really, really important to understand our soul is eternal. Again, from that moment of conception for all time. Our bodies are not, our physical bodies here on earth are very temporary. And they change and they begin to wear out. And that's why my eyes need help, contact, and glasses, and all those things to see it. And, and it begins to change the, our appearance and all that. It wears out. It's, it's breaking down. But, but not our soul. Inside, I still feel like, you know, I'm, I'm almost 54 years old. I still feel like, oh, maybe I'm 25, 28, something like that. My soul, the soul doesn't age. It really doesn't. Our physical bodies are what really ages. And so, absent from the body is present with the Lord. Kind of interesting, in, in Philippians, Paul was talking to the Christians there, again, God's word, inspiring, and he's talking about this whole idea that, that as sometimes as wonderful as life on earth seems, he's like, it's going to be so much better. It's so much better with Jesus in eternity. And, and he kind of felt this inner conflict about, you know, should I stay here? Or, or God, I'd love for you to just take me home. And look at what he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, he says, living means living for Christ. It's for his benefit. And dying is even better. 
Now, there's so many Christians and so many people that are afraid to die, afraid to think about death. But Paul says it's better. It's even better. I, I mean, your best day on planet Earth, your best day in this life is nothing compared to a moment in eternity with Jesus. Living with Christ, dying is even better. But if I live, he says, I can do more fruitful work for Christ, so I really don't know which is better. He's like, I I can do a whole lot more here. I can do good on behalf of Christ, but man, I'd rather just be with him. And then he goes on and says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. And so he makes it perfectly clear. He'd rather be with Jesus. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. And so he's like, helping other people, showing Christ's love, helping them to understand who God is, pointing the way of salvation, sharing the good news. That, that's for other people's sake. And that's really a key for how we're supposed to live our lives on this planet. That it's not about me and mine, that we're supposed to be other-centered and serving other people. And Paul says, you know, I'd rather be with Jesus. Everything's fantastic. We're going to talk about that a lot next week in heaven. What is it like? Is it just like we're in some, you know, cosmic choir, just it's, it's one eternal church service? Or is there a whole lot more that the Bible talks about what eternity is going to be like? It, you'll be surprised at, at what the Bible says, God's word says about heaven. But Paul is saying, like, I'd rather be there for my sake, but I'm, I'm here for your sake. I, I'm really here to help you. And so, first thing is, our physical bodies die. Second thing is, our soul separates from the body. And then the third thing is, we will all face judgment. Every one of us is going to have to give an account. We're going to be held accountable, face judgment, after we die. Look at what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 says. It says, And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorite. He will judge or reward you he will judge or reward you according to what you do so you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents i I love that song by uh carrie underwood this is my temporary home it's the same idea right out of really first peter chapter 1 verse 17 that that that's the way we're supposed to look at life on this planet this is just pre-game it's just pre-game our whole entire life, no matter how long you live, maybe it's you know, 75, 80, 85 years, that's just the warm-up for eternity. That's just the pregame. This is temporary. And that's why we need to fix our eyes not on what we can taste and touch, feel and smell, but, but we need to fix our focus upon eternity and live in light of eternity. Let that frame our perspective. Because Peter said this is just temporary what's happening here. And so, really, there are two judgments uh, that I think are important for us to understand. And uh, the first one is the great white throne judgment. Now, here's the thing. The great white throne judgment, uh, most uh, scholars believe, and, and I agree with this as well, this is not for Christians. The great white throne judgment is for those that die and they have not received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we're going to talk about some of these a little bit more over the next few weeks. But these are those that died without Christ. But let's see what the great white throne judgment is. In Revelation chapter 11, 
what it actually says is, and I saw a great white throne. This is John, that that God has given him this picture uh, in, in the book of Revelation. And I saw the great white throne and the one sitting on it, and the earth and the sky fled from his presence. This is Jesus himself. But they found no place to hide. And I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And it goes on and it says, And the books were open, including the book of life. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That's another word for hell. And and we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. What's going on there? Why did God even create that place who is it intended for and who ends up going that was not intended uh, that was not the intention for hell being created we'll get there in a couple of weeks but but right now I want to point out this whole idea of the book of life that, that what's happening there is in the moment that someone receives Christ as their savior turns from their sins and recognizes that through his sinless life and his sacrificial death on the cross and his resurrection he paid the price in full for, for your sins, for my sins, and personally. We've talked about this in weeks past as well. In that moment, that person's name is written in the book of life. And, and here's the thing. It can't be scratched out. It can't be, you know, white out. You can't scribble it out or anything like that. Once it's in that book, it's in that book. That's what salvation is. It's all about Jesus Christ. And, and so, all of humanity will stand before God, and judgment means sorting them out. That's, that's the idea of sorting uh, here at the great white throne. And, and it will basically be, I'll stand there and like, oh, Greg Williamson, I remember, I see it right here. Uh, when you were five years old, Greg, that, that's when you received Christ as your Savior. And so you, you go this way, and then someone else will step up that, that never received Christ as their Savior, and his finished work on the cross. And like, no, you go this way. You go to the, to the lake of fire. And so uh, that's what's going to literally happen, the great white throne judgment. And then it also goes on and it says in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now this is something that kind of, you know, keeps me awake at night. This whole idea here is very, very sobering. He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Then he goes on and he says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. You know, for our sake, you know, we did a lot of really good things. We attended church on Christmas and on Easter. You, you know, we tried to be a good people. We tried to be optimistic and, and, and all these things. And, and the reality is, he'll say, but he'll reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. See, right there, it's not about heaven, eternity with Christ. is not about being a good person. It's about, did you know Jesus Christ? Did you receive him as your Savior? You can do all kinds of great philanthropical stuff and, and, and give to charities and do all of this great stuff. But do you know Jesus? Because if we don't, our name's not in the book of life. And he says, I never 
knew you. I never knew you. And, and so, really, really sobering there. And so I guess the big question is, uh, do you know him? Are you in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Is your name written in the book of life? Because it's not about going to church on Easter. It's not about being a nice guy. It's not about trying to be a better person. It's not about donating to the Salvation Army at Christmas, the Santa Claus ringing the bell. None of those things determine eternity for you or for me. Jesus said, his word, I never knew you. I never knew you. And so, that's the great white throne judgment. Now, for those who are Christians, there's another judgment that comes as well, and that's called the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. And look at how this is described in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so each one of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, now this word judgment seat is pretty interesting in the New Testament, the original language of the New Testament, which is Koine Greek. It's really not, it's kind of Greek that's not spoken any longer. This word judgment seat uh, is the Greek word bima, and what's interesting about that bima, it's taken, it's a term taken from Greek Olympic Games. And so after the Olympics were, you know, they'd run the different events, then those who participated in the event would actually come forward and then a judge would award the top three winners, just like now. Gold, silver, bronze, but they probably weren't gold, silver, bronze at that point, but it's, it's with a wreath that they'd place, a crown they'd place upon their hand, on their head. First place, second place, third place. In, in other words, this judgment isn't about, did you make the team? That they all made the team. This judgment that every Christian will face is not, are you going to be in heaven or not? You're on the team because of Jesus Christ. It's not about anything that you do at all. It's by grace that we're saved, not by works. We've talked about this. So, so you're on the team because of everything Jesus did for you, and you just received that free gift. But this is a reward of what did we do after we got on the team in this life. And, and as we talked about in the past, these are, these are big-time rewards here. And this is a perfectly good, biblical, godly motivation for what we do here on this earth. Not to be saved, but because our hearts are full of gratitude that we want to do a lot. Of, we want to please Jesus in everything that we do. And so this will be a reward. And some are just going to be on the team, but there's not going to be a lot of rewards because they didn't use their life to really please Jesus with it. They received him as their Savior and Lord, but there's not going to be a lot after that they'll be in eternity yeah they're on the team but they're not going to receive a crown and and, and jesus talks about this all throughout he, that there's going to be responsibility he's faithful and little will be given much and responsibility and authority over cities in eternity based on what we did in this life and, and so this is the judgment seat of christ at the end of the race the judge stands and he gives awards to the winners and so this is no, no judgment upon your sins. 
That was taken care of once and for all at the cross of Jesus Christ, that your price was paid in full on the cross. But, but this is a reward for those who have done well. This is where, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into all that I've prepared for you. On the team, some will receive rewards because they've used their life, they've lived their life to please Jesus. Some will just be on the team, but there won't be a lot of reward in eternity. And so, important to understand, we're saved by grace, but we're rewarded for the works that we've done after we've been saved. What are we going to be judged on? I think we're going to be judged on how we treated people, the words that we speak. What did you do with the money that God entrusted to your hand? Did you, did you use that just self, selfishly for yourself and your family? Or, or were you generous to help other people? Giving generously? And God could trust you with that finances? How, how did you endure suffering and difficulties in life? Did you, did you help to point others to Jesus Christ? Did you share the good news of Jesus Christ with others? I just think, how, how awesome is that going to be when we, I don't think we're going to stand when we fall on our knees before Jesus. And he says, I saw everything you did for me. Everything you did. And he places that crown upon our heads and rewards us because rewards us for things that no one else saw that we thought went unnoticed but Jesus says I noticed I saw it all I I saw that you made a difference in the lives of children and valley kids I, I, I saw when you prayed and you prayed I saw, I heard every time you prayed, I, I saw that you were a bright light in your office at work. E- even when people ridiculed you because of your faith. But, but instead, you allowed the love, my love to shine through you to those around. I, I saw that you didn't have much in, in ways of finance, but you gave, you gave big and you gave generously to my work. You, you didn't know that anybody was watching, but I was watching and I saw your faithfulness. You, you gave food to the hungry. You gave water to the thirsty. You, you visited me in the hospital. You visited me in prison. You, you clothed me. You listened to me. You prayed for me. And, and we'll say, Lord, when did we do those things? And just as his word tells us, he'll reply, when you did it not to the least, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. You were loving others. You were sharing my love with others. And I'm going to reward you for that. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. You know, uh, if I could just kind of be real honest, uh, be, being a young pastor, I, I, I really had 
understanding of, of the Bible. And I, I just really had this, this perspective of you know, living in light of eternity. But I, I think I, I just always thought that the older that you get, it should be, you know, it's probably going to get easier to live with eternity in mind. But if I could be real honest, I, I'm not so good at this. This is something that I even struggle with right now. Because I thought the closer you get to, the older you are in life, the closer you get to, like the finish line, the easier it gets to live in light of eternity. But the reality is the longer that I live on this earth, it seems like the deeper my roots go down on this earth. And I think it gets harder the closer you get to the finish line to live in light of eternity. Because you you just kind of get comfortable. Things get pretty stable. You know, things get pretty consistent in your life. And, and, And it's really, really difficult. It seems like sometimes the longer that I walk with Christ, the easier it is to be earthly minded and not heavenly minded. At least I'm talking for me. And, and, and that's why it's so important that we understand what Jesus said, what, what the scriptures tell us about eternity. Because we need to hold loosely the things of this life and focus on the life to come. I, I think there's so many Christians that the older that we get, the more we're preoccupied, and could I even put it this way, obsessed. Our focus is on this life. Our focus is on politics. Our focus is on show business, entertainment, fine dining, all of these things. Not saying those things aren't important, but they cannot be the focus of our life. Our focus has to be on eternity and living in the light of eternity every single day. Because like I said, life on this planet is is like a grain of sand on the beach of eternity. And what we do in this life, it does, to quote one of my favorite movies, Gladiator, it does echo in eternity. It determines eternity. But we have to live in light of eternity in this life. You know, I, I think for many, of maybe Christians a long time, like myself, maybe we need a reminder to not let our roots go deeper on, in this life, on this planet, but let our, deep, our roots go deeper into that eternal perspective. Daily, a, a reset Maybe it's time for a reset in our perspective. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please God. That's supposed to be my goal. That's supposed to be your goal as a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's so important because what you believe about eternity determines how you live today. Let me just say that one more time. 
What you believe about eternity determines how you live today. One minute you'll slip from this life to the next and you'll either be enjoying a personal welcome from Jesus Christ or you'll be catching your first glimpse of a gloom that you have never known and you can never imagine. Either way, your future will be irrevocably fixed and eternally unchangeable based on what you do in this life with Jesus Christ. And so, let me end by asking two questions. Do you know Jesus Christ personally? Not, not what did you do, <laughs> good person or not. Not comparing yourself to him. Is Jesus Christ your Savior? Have you received him as your Savior? And, and then this question, are you living today like eternity really matters? Are you living today like eternity really, really matters? Because what you believe about eternity determines how you live today. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that, that, that really oftentimes, Lord, <laughs> helps us to reset and reminds us of what's really important. And God, I pray that for many, Lord, of your followers, Lord, that this would be a reset that we would reset daily and deliberately to deepen our perspective of eternity and to live our lives knowing that eternity really does matter. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior before, I want to lead you in a prayer that you can pray right now and you can be confident that you will be with Jesus in eternity. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so just repeat this prayer after me right now and open your heart to him. Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for rising from the dead for me. And Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, and direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward. And I will follow you. Amen.